Welcome to the Conversations with Jesus podcast. I'm Johnny Lehman, a baptized man of God who has the amazing blessings of being a husband, father, and the pastor at Divine Savior Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. This podcast is designed to bring you the self-sacrificing love of Jesus found in the Bible through 15 to 20 minute episodes that focus on relevant life issues and what God has to say about them. Check out our website, DivineSaviorChurch.com, as well as our Facebook and Instagram pages if you'd like to find out more about the incredible things that God is doing through our church family. It is so good to be back with you on the Conversations with Jesus podcast. My family and I got to do a little weekend getaway up in Melbourne where we got to celebrate an awesome worship service with our brothers and sisters at New Hope Lutheran Church in West Melbourne. And I'm excited to be back in action this week to share with you one of the most important conversations that we can possibly have. It's a topic that we can't live without. It's the topic of hope. Now, we probably... You probably have a lot of relationships, I know I do, that are shallow or even artificial. It's important for us to get to know people better. It's more important to get to know our spouse better, but even more important is getting to know God better. And that's, that's our prayer today and for this podcast, is that we might know God better. Because the more we learn about God and what he has done for us, the more we know the hope that God gives us in Jesus. The hope that's based on his power to raise the dead to life. So let's grasp that awesome scale of God's love. God brings from death to life by grace. And God has done resurrection before. We know we can do it again. There is no greater hope. And that's what we're going to discover in this week's conversation with Jesus. If you happen to be a teen listener to this podcast, I have a pretty major life question for you. Are memes still in? (laughs) I I used to love looking up memes and creating my own memes in high school and college. And if I'm going to be uncool, it's going to happen right here. I found a meme this week, and it's a meme of a little boy with kind of a quizzical look on his face. And he says, knowledge is power. Now, Philosopher Francis Bacon seems to be the first to have written that statement, knowledge is power, and there's a lot of truth in that. Now, when you know something that someone else doesn't, you instantly have a sort of advantage. Now, the NFL draft just happened, and there's a reason why teams spend millions of dollars for scouts to observe college players. They want to know something that the other teams don't. There's a reason why when you're married, you can never really stop dating your husband or your wife. Because the second you start to assume you know everything about your spouse, all I'm going to say is you're entering a dangerous game. (laughs) So what's the common thread between being an NFL scout and being married? You can't stop at the surface. You have to go deeper. The second you start to be content with the superficial you really do lose all the power. The same is true when it comes to our knowledge of God. If I were to ask you, how well do you know God, how would you answer? I'm not talking about Bible trivia, but a personal knowing of God. So how well do you know him? 
if we begin to think that faith is nothing but knowing the right Bible trivia, or that we've reached a point where we know enough about God, we miss out on experiencing the power we as people crave more than any, the power of hope. Especially in our world today, hope seems to be hiding. It's a struggle that, again, if, if you're a teenager or even in college, it's a struggle that you know personally, a struggle that you've seen in the lives of your friends. Recently, a study came out from the CDC that reported that almost 60% of American teenage girls reported persistent sadness and hopelessness. And about 30% of boys reported the same. There is almost a 50% chance when you talk with a teenager, whether it's your friend or your teenage child or your grandchild, they are wrestling with hopelessness. But of course, hopelessness isn't just a teenage phenomenon. You know as well as I do that such feelings of hopelessness are there in every chapter of life. We need to know hope. We cannot live without hope. So how can we know a kind of hope that's greater than our struggle, more powerful than our weaknesses, more certain than the confusion around us? You know where we're going to find this hope today? We're going to find it written in a letter written from the place that I would least expect to uncover hope, prison. That's where the Apostle Paul was when he wrote Ephesians. Chained to a Roman guard, no privacy, no escape, a situation most would call hopeless. And we haven't even gotten to the reason why he's chained. He's in prison because he was spreading the hope of Jesus. Paul was a hope in Jesus expert. Remember what he wrote in Ephesians chapter 1, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. He calls this hope riches, an incomparably great power. But I don't know about you, but the skeptic in me called the sinful nature can't help but argue, wait a minute, Paul, what kind of hope leads to prison? What kind of hope leads to chains? If we look superficially at the hope of God, that's all we can know. His hope doesn't seem to give us the answers we think we need. There have been times in my life when doubt has so affected me that everything in life had a darker shade to it. In a way, it was my own prison. God in his grace surrounded me with Christian family and friends, many of whom would say things like, well, if you feel doubt, look at this passage. Read this chapter. Let Jesus speak to you in his word. Beautiful advice. But there was a part of me that wanted to stay in the dark. Or at least to stay in the dark until I'd given myself hope. The temptation was there. Knowing God more isn't going to give you hope. That's what the temptation, that's what Satan says. You know enough about him. The rest, it's up to you. Does that temptation sound in any way familiar? The feeling that God in the Bible can only take you so far, but then it's on you to feel hopeful, to make certainty happen in your life, to live. See, Satan wants you and me to keep things superficial with Jesus. 
to choose to find light in our darkness of sin on our own. He wants us to look at the future and not see hope, but disappointment, anxiety, grief, hopelessness. In fact, the Lutheran philosopher Soren Kierkegaard, he summed up how Satan wants us to see hope as an impossible illusion when he wrote, the most painful state of being is remembering the future, particularly the one you'll never have. The forces of evil want you to think that hope is a power you'll never experience or personally know. But hope himself, you know him as Jesus, wants nothing more than for you to know by personal experience what hope is. Remember how Paul defined hope? He calls hope riches of Jesus' glorious inheritance in the saints and incomparably great power. The big question is, how can we experience this hope as we live and breathe each day? Well, look at Paul's prayer that comes right before he defines God's hope. And he tells us exactly how we know this greater hope. He says in Ephesians 1, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Now this knowledge Paul is talking about isn't knowing fun facts about Jesus' life. He's saying the more you know Jesus, the more time you spend with him, the more you personally know him, you will know what real hope is. Now maybe you're thinking right now, wait, Pastor Chani, you just said that I can't create this hope on, on my own, but now you're telling me that I need to be the one to reach out to Jesus? Why doesn't Jesus reach out to me? Well, the truth is, he has reached out to you. And he will never stop calling out to you. In the darkness of depression and pain and regret and guilt and shame, you have been found. Remember what we heard last week? You were chosen before the world was a thing. God chose you. He was thinking about you before he ever said, let there be. He reached out his hands through the waters of baptism and he personally washed away every last sin and called you his child, giving you an inheritance, a future in your heavenly home that is certain never to be taken away from you. He reaches out to you every time you eat and drink his very body in that miraculous way in the bread and wine and communion, filling you with a connection to him that leads to a longing for the celebration in God's banquet hall to come. And if all that wasn't enough, he gave you his own voice. These words for you that the Holy Spirit made sure would be written down so when your marriage feels hopeless or getting into the college you want seems impossible or your career is stressful or unsatisfying or doubt tries to take away every last bit of certainty from your life that you could hear your Father's voice and know more and more that He is greater and He will never let you down and His love for you is the surest aspect of your life. It's because God chose to know you, to know you more deeply and chose to know you as his dear child that you and I can know him more and more. And the more we know him, the more the eyes of our hearts are open and the more the Holy Spirit shows God flexing his muscles. And of all the way that God has flexed his almighty power, the one that he considers to be the most powerful, you know what it is? Look what Paul writes. He says, that power 
is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand, and God placed everything under his feet. Your hope, what you base your certainty in life on, it's based on Jesus who's in control of everything. So how could we not want to know Jesus more? How could we not want to spend more time with him? If all that wasn't amazing enough, God has something else he wants you to hear today. Not only does Jesus stand over and above every adversity, struggle, pain, and temptation in this life, but someone else does too. Look what Paul says. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. You see who else through Jesus stands above it all? You. Me. Christians all over the world, we are his body. He is the head. The more we know Jesus, the more the Holy Spirit shows us who we really are through faith. And the more we know Jesus, the more we see that there's no pain, no guilt, no shame, no doubt, so deep that God's resurrecting, hope-filled power can't overcome. The hope we have in Jesus is the most intense form of power on the planet. And you know what this means for you in your life? It means your struggle with hopelessness is not hopeless. In fact, what I'm about to say is often used as a criticism of Christianity, but it's really where its power is found. An atheist friend of mine once said to me, all Christians talk about is heaven, but they have no answers for the here and now. Such a thought says that thinking about heaven doesn't help us in the present. But that couldn't be more wrong. What Paul calls hope, when he calls it an inheritance of riches, he wants you to hit pause and think about what that inheritance is. It's heaven. He wants you to think about how amazing heaven will be. That is the physical, concrete reality of your certainty of hope. Think about it. Every single one of us, whether you're listening to this podcast, whether you're me, every one of us has worried about the future. We have all had those moments when the pressure builds up, when expectations fall flat, when the future is disappointing, all this worry about the future. But in all that, there's one absolute guarantee for you as a Christian. Your future equals you and Jesus, period. The more we dig into the Bible and realize what that means, the more our present becomes clear and our past doesn't dictate who we are. See, here's the challenge that Paul is putting in front of us. He's saying, think about heaven more. Seriously, jump into a small group Bible study or connect group this week. Find a friend that you can sit down and look at Ephesians 1, 15 to 23 with. Just block out 30 minutes of time, even just on your own. Read these nine verses from Ephesians 1 and just think about what heaven is going to be like. Think about the fact that you live in the resurrection power of Jesus. Think about the fact that through faith in him, you stand above every spiritual enemy that wants to bring you down. Think about how deeply God knows you and how his love for you, it knows no end. It's worth spending that time to get to know Jesus more. Because when you do, you'll find something will keep on happening. 
you'll start experiencing what a hope-filled life is all about. It's more than emotion. It's grace-filled power. The power that raised Jesus from the dead will open your eyes, the eyes of your heart more. The Holy Spirit has promised the more you know God, the more hope you will know by experience. So let's take him up on that promise. After all, the Holy Spirit hasn't broken a single one of the more than 300 promises he's made in the Bible. In this hopeless world of ours, with more confusing knowledge than ever, let's run to our Savior's waiting arms. Let's wrestle with God and his word. And the more you do, the more you'll find his words to be true. Maybe the answer you've been looking for has always been right there. What an amazing God we have. Let's know him more and more. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. And my prayer is with you that you live in the hope of Jesus. That by knowing him more and more, you'll know certainty more and more. There's nothing in this life that's bigger than him. Live in that hope. That living hope of our amazing God. Until next week, God's richest blessings as you live for him.